0: Well, good morning and welcome to New Hope Online. I'm Pastor Marcia. And I'm Auntie Kim from the Marvelous Kids Wing. And we just wanna take some time to share with you some of the events that we have coming up within this week. So I know one of the events that we're deeply involved in and um, Kim, you've been very busy is with Operation Christmas Child.
1: We've been very busy with Operation Christmas Child. We had three box pickup days in the the drive-through here and lots of people have been building boxes online it's so cool to partner with our church as we reach kids far away with the message of Jesus Christ through a Christmas shoebox. It's been a lot of fun. But you know, Pastor Marcia, it's almost time for us to bring those boxes in if we've been packing them at home. So the two box drive through days are on November 17th, that's a Tuesday, and Saturday, November 21st. I hope you guys have enjoyed this outreach and we're excited to partner with you. But you know, Pastor Marcia, that's not all we have going on here at New Hope. That's right, we actually have our Vision
0: Night on November 18th at 6.30. And Vision Night is where we get to celebrate everything that God has done in two, um, 2020. And we can admit he has done a lot of things, um, whether it's just growing us individually or in our relationship with Christ or what he's been doing in the church. But more than celebrating what he's done, we also get to look forward to what he's going to be doing in 2021, and we're casting vision, and we're looking with hope towards the future. So that's something you won't want to miss, and that's our vision night on November 18th um, at 6.30 p.m. But after that, the following week, we have our um, two-hour salt special, Um, and I'm sure, Kim, you want us to talk about that a little? I do.
1: Salt is part of our DNA here at New Hope. I get so excited when I think about us serving and learning together. It's actually a way for us to learn and grow in Jesus. He's actually the flavor in our lives. And we get a chance to learn more about him so that it can affect our families, the people around us, and ultimately the world. I'm so excited for you guys to join us for this two hour special night before Thanksgiving.
0: That's right, I'm looking forward to it too. Like she said, salt is part of our DNA. And there's a lot more happening here at New Hope. So if you want to know, you can download our app. You can check us out online. Um, You can visit us on our social media pages. Um, And also, I know, um,
1: Auntie Kim, we have a children's media page also they can check out, right? We do. Check out NH Marvelous Kids on Instagram or go to our kids' website. There's activities and services, all sorts of fun stuff going on for the holidays. We hope we can connect with you and your kids.
0: Well, thank you, Kim, and um, we'll go ahead and do the offering right now, okay? All righty. Well, yes, this is the time that we are gonna do our our offering. And, you know, the other day I was driving out to Waimea and I decided I needed to stop at a friend's house because I wanted to show her something. And while I was there, her husband came up and gave us two bags full of fruit. And it was just part of who they are. They're givers, and they wanted to give. And, you know, the same thing is true of us. Because of who our father is, God in heaven, we're givers. He put part of his DNA in us. You know, the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave. And that's part of who we are because of who he is. In fact, I just learned this week that uh, when Paul was writing his letter, I believe it was to the Corinthians, about um, giving that they were going to do for a district over that had a famine. Um that's something that culturally hadn't been done before, to give on that kind of level, that amount to a people group that you didn't know was not something that was common but it was something that they did because of their dna and their dna is they're believers in christ and we get to continue that down as we now take what god has given us and we get to give back whether it's 10 percent of what he's given us which is called a tithe or whether we're giving an offering we're looking like god who put within us that desire to give so if you bow your heads let's pray Lord Jesus, thank you so very much. Thank you, first off, that you are a giver and that you give us everything that we have. And we trust you, Lord God, and we give back to you a portion of what you give us out of love and out of faith. And so we ask that you would take this, you would receive it, and you would use it to further and advance your kingdom. And that your kingdom would be established and it would bring hope. And Lord, we know that right now we all need hope. So, Lord God, would you receive these offerings? Would you bless it? Would you bless those who give it? And would you bless those that we reach? In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, Pastor Sheldon is here, and he's going to continue our series, Your Kingdom Come. So would you walk up with me, Pastor Sheldon.
2: Thank you, Pastor Marsha. Thank you, Auntie Kim. And uh, all that we're doing throughout all of our ministries uh, reminds me of Jesus telling us that he is the head of the church and that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. So all that we get to do is the result of you and your giving, your prayers, and your your continued efforts and seeing God continuously move, even though we're where we're at right now uh, with our church. Now, people have been asking me, when are we going to reopen and things like that? And we see what's happening in our community, in our uh, state and world, uh, and our nation with with, uh, being locked down and, and the different uh, laws for different states and even counties, so we've always been a church that listens to the Holy Spirit while gaining some wisdom and uh, some some guidance from our our county and our, our state laws. But mainly we're going to listen to what the Lord is asking of us. And uh, there are two things that the Lord has spoken, uh, just praying about, oh, Lord, what does it look like for us as a church here at New Hope here in Hilo? And reopening, and the two things that he gave us was one, when we don't have to practice social distancing, it's the first thing. The second is when masks are not mandated. Now, you, when we reopen, you can still wear a mask. That's fine, but it's not mandated. And when we find out when those two things go away, that's probably when we will reopen. And so, uh, because part of it is just knowing us as a church, if there is six feet distancing. That we need to practice, we will fail. We will not practice that. I've seen many of you, you will not practice six feet distancing. Why? Because of our relationships. We love people so much that we have a hard time not hugging them. So, just so that we can at least function as a church, we want to be mindful of where are we at with six feet distancing and Uh, wearing masks that are mandated. So those two things will help us to understand what the Lord is doing and and how He wants us uh, to function as a church. But nonetheless, we still can function as a church outside of this building. Church has never been locked down. You are the church. So wherever you go, you bring God with you. In fact, that's what this series is all about. It's all about His kingdom. That Thy kingdom come. When the disciples of Jesus asked Jesus this one question, Teach us to pray. He said, here's how you pray in this manner. And he started with our father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And that's our heart too. That's what this series is all about. It's all about his kingdom. So when we look at this year, we want it to be all about what he is doing May 2020 not be the worst year that we've ever experienced. May 2020 be the greatest year of growth for all of us. That's his heart to us. Today, as we look at his kingdom, so many of us may have had the thought of, "I can't wait to return back to normal." But I want to bring in something that I'm, I'm sure many of us have already said to ourselves that we're not going to go back to normal. Because I don't ever want to go back to normal. First of all, I'm, I'm not normal. Ask some of your family members. You may not be normal too. And don't look at the person next to you. That They're, they're still a child of God. But when we say normal, what do we even mean? Today I want to bring us a word that is very simple. Instead of us saying, I want to return back to normal, how about we say this? Let's return back to God. Yeah, but I haven't left God. That's okay. If we keep that principle, we will always be thinking of God first, rather than our circumstances or where we think we should be. If God is first in our lives, the Bible promises that he's going to add everything else thereafter. This week is our vision week, and we get to look at what God is doing in and through all of us as the church. And this Wednesday, we're going to break down everything that God has done this past year, what He's doing today, and what we get to look forward to. That's Wednesday night. That's it's going to be our, our vision night. And then the following Wednesday, we're going to go into our salt two-hour Thanksgiving special, and, and to Kim talked about it a little bit. But really, it's going to be all of our churches here on the Big Island and Maui, our four-square churches, that we're going to be encouraging one another, building each other up. In fact, SALT, our two-hour Thanksgiving special, it exists to strengthen the churches so that we can add flavor to the earth, which means wherever you go, you're going to add flavor. Wherever you go, you're going to bring Jesus with you, the kingdom of God with you. When you're standing in line and you're, you're, you're impatient or you're driving and you know, people are not driving like you and you don't, you have a difficult time with other people or you're frustrated in your very own home or maybe in your relationships or you're, you're, you're anxious all the time or you worry all the time or maybe you're frustrated because someone is not meeting your expectations. God wants to use you in those situations to bring his flavor. Not our flesh, not our humanity, but his spirit. That's what this salt two-hour Thanksgiving special is going to be about. And all of our different churches are going to be added in because we all have a different flavor. So all of our our four-square churches here on the Big Island and Maui, uh, we're going to participate. You're going to see different pastors, uh, different stories that will come out of of uh, 2020. Uh, and, And not only just stories, but we're going to see the heart of God in every single person's life and how His revelation, when given to us, brings transformation. And that's where we want to be. We want to see his kingdom come and thy will, his will, be done. Not our own. And so that's happening this week, Vision Week, and then next week for our Salt 2-Hour Thanksgiving special. I pray that you would be involved. Uh, You can also, just like how you are right now, be online so that you can participate. We're going to have some questions and answers. You too might be able to share a story and maybe put some things in there that God is doing. And we would love to hear your story too because God is definitely doing something through all of us. That's why today we're talking about return to God. That's something that we should always think about. In the book of Malachi, which is the last book of the Old Testament, God speaks to Malachi and he says, "Ever since the days of your ancestors, this is Malachi chapter 3 verse 7. By the way, if you're new today, we welcome you and there's a place for notes if you are on our online platform, which is our website. And if you click that, you'll be able to connect to the notes. On YouTube, there's a link. If you look in the description or if you scroll up in the chat, you're going to see a place for notes. Same thing as Facebook. We have a link for notes. And that way you can follow along or refer back to it later on. But in Malachi, it says, Ever since the days of your ancestors, you have scorned my decrees and failed to obey them. Now return to me, and I will... Return to you, says the Lord of heaven's armies. But you ask, how can we return when we have never gone away? In other words, we are the people that are saying, God, we never left you. Like, how can we return to a place where we've never left? And if you read the rest of that scripture, if you want to do that on your own, you can. And God says, this is how you've left me. Because we, we all have a tendency to think we're close to God. Which is great, that's fine. But if we have the heart and the, the the mindset of saying, Lord, I want to return to you today, what does that look like? Have I strayed from you? And and when I have strayed from you, where do I go with that? And how do I continue on? See, some of us will have the mindset of I'm lost, and I don't even know where I am. So that's very personal. But may God replace that thought with this. I'm lost. I don't know where you are, God. Can you show me the way? Because we can fall into what is known as religion, right? The things that we do to get closer to God versus relationship. Who we are in God is what brings us near to him. It's, it's, it's who we are. It's not, it's not that we do good things to gain God's favor, We already have God's favor because He is good so we can draw near to Him based on relationship rather than all of the rules and regulations that we have to follow so that I get closer to God. There are certain things that help us. Worship will do that. Being in the Word of God, it will help us. But just because we go through those things and do those things doesn't necessarily make us closer to God. It's a heart decision. It's a relational thing. That when we draw close to him, it's all about his presence, not the things that I'm doing. Someone can be in the word of God every single day and feel like I'm closer to God than that person who has never, never read their Bible every day. Oh, they know God, but they don't don't read the Bible every day. You know, there's a passage in the Bible where this Pharisee goes and offers up his, his uh, offerings to God. And, and as he's doing so, he sees someone beating their chest before God and saying, oh, what a sinner I am. And the Pharisee says, I'm so glad I'm not like that person. I'm so glad that that's not me, that sinner. And God says, that guy is more justified than you. See, as mankind, we base our relationship on God primarily on visual. Visual. What we see We compare ourselves to other people Rather than returning to God To God himself Now there may be different reasons Why we have a hard time with that It could be upbringing It could be we've been We're used to a certain ritual or habit And and because of those habits We now see the habit as our God Rather than God himself It's good to have godly habits The Bible teaches us about that At the same time we have to be cautious that we're not returning back to habits, thinking that that's our relationship with God. It's returning back to Him. So we're going to look at some things that will help us to understand this relationship with God. In fact, I'm going to illustrate it in this way. Can I, can I get that um, the, the board uh, quickly, please? Uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to illustrate it in just a simple way. And I want to start with this. The first thing is this, and you can write this in. Start where I am. Just write that in. Start where I am. Thank you. You're good. Thank you. Start where I am. And if you start where you are, then you're able to now see the bigger picture of what God is doing. And if you start where you are, then you're able to see that we all can return back to God wherever we are. So let's just say that while we're looking for a destination... And we're 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 and, and seeing how we're doing according to the goal and destination of let's just say life and how we live. Failure or success, more money or or less money, gaining weight, losing weight. Uh, no matter where you are in this map of life, you may feel like you're lost. Let's just say this is a map. And it could be because we're looking for God as a destination. Rather than understanding something else. Let's just say this is how we've been living life. Like God is here and we are here. This is us. Somewhere over here. Oh, sorry. This is supposed to be a woman. She's wearing a black dress. (laughs) Let's put on some feats or shoes. I think feats is a word. So oh man, she's gotta I don't think she uses conditioner. Yeah, might as well dress him up in black too They were going on their date Um, It was called uh, Black Friday So they're all dressed in black Let's put a hat on this guy That way, okay, cool Yeah, so that's them So let's just say this is where you are And you think, so your destination is God And so now you're thinking of, how do I get here? Here's the problem There's some mountains here and then there's some, you know, some streams here, some mountains on this side, uh, on this, here. And then maybe there's a forest here. And you have some rocky terrain here. And this area, you know, this rocky area, you're trying to avoid. And you're saying, I don't want to go in this rocky area because that looks spooky. I don't, I don't want to go there. The problem is, here are the trails. The trails are going to be like this. And it's going to be here, and then you have to build a bridge here. And then you have the mountains, and you're thinking, am I going to go over it? Because there's a possibility to go over it. There's this way. But then there's also, I can go around the mountain, but that's going to take so long. So let's just say we're thinking of God in this way, that there's a, he's the destination, that this is where I got to go to, so I got to get to God. The problem with this way of thinking that God is a destination is that we have to do so many things to get to God. When in reality, God is not necessarily a destination if you look at the map of life. God is the map. So if you're saying, I gotta, I gotta get to God in this way, what if, what if we were to change our thinking to this? God, you're if I start where I am, my life is rocky. God is saying, "Oh, I'm there too. I am Emmanuel. God is with us." So this is I'm, I can be here with you. Yeah, but my, my life is a mess, but well, I'm I'm still with you. But I I, I got to cross this bridge. I'm fearful. I have fears. God is saying, "Oh, I, I can be there too. I'm with you. I am with you." Oh God, I'm, I'm, I I I got to go through the forest. It's dangerous in there. I, I doubt, I, I can't see you, and God says, that's okay, I can see you. See, what when God is the map, then you can live your life free in every situation you might be in. You might be on the mountaintop, you might be in the valley, you might be <laughs> floating downstream, crying out to God for help. He's like, I am your life preserver. I'm right here with you. I'll be with you. Don't worry about it. I, I got you. God is everywhere. So start with not... Necessarily, what is happening or that God is a destination and you got to work so hard to get to God, just start with where you are. Where are you in life? Because God can work with us from that point on. It's not who I think I am, but where I am. You might be a new person just getting to know God. Maybe you're, you're, you have a different religion. Maybe you, you have new age thinking. Uh, maybe you have... Uh, traditions of your ancestors, maybe Hawaiian trend, uh, you know, traditions. Maybe, like me, we grew up with Filipino superstitions. And you don't, you're, you're trying to live with I want to get to know God, but I also have this side of me, uh, or Japanese superstitions, Portuguese superstitions, wh- whatever superstitions you may have, or even fears or doubts. God says, I can work with that. You don't need to get your act together. I'm bigger than all of those things. It's when we see where we are and start there. Whether we believe God exists or not. Or if God is for you, whether you believe that or not. You may even be thinking, but God might be punishing me for the things that I did wrong or the sins that I've committed. Wherever you are, just start there. Because God can do something with that. In John chapter 8, verses 10 through 12, when Jesus had raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, and this is an unbelievable situation where an adulterous woman was brought to Jesus from the Pharisees, and they're saying, this woman is supposed to be stoned to death. We're supposed to kill her because she's caught in adultery. Notice they didn't bring the guy. They brought the woman. He said to her, woman, where are those accusers of yours? Now, the only reason why Jesus could ask this question is because Jesus told those guys, whoever has no sin, you cast the first stone. And they all dropped their stones and left it. Why? Because they knew their flaws. And they all left. That's why Jesus could say to this woman, where are your accusers? Then he says, has no one condemned you? She said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. In other words, yeah, you can be in the forest, in the rocks, going downstream, in the deepest valleys. He's saying, you're not going to walk in complete darkness. Why? Because. I am the light of the world. And when you follow me, you're not going to walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Oh, you'll feel the darkness. You'll sense it. It'll close in on you. But keep following him. Start with where you are. The second thing is to journey with God with what you have, with whatever you have, whatever you have. You don't have to get your act together. You don't have to uh, uh, behave first, You bring all your baggage with him, uh, with you, to him. Your your doubts, your, your fears, you bring everything you have with you to him. Because he can do something with it. Your journey with God comes with everything that we have. All of our past, our present things that we go through. We bring all of that to God. When Jesus had to deal with a, a a difficult season in his life, which was the beheading of his cousin. His cousin was beheaded for a very dumb reason. John the Baptist was his cousin. Herod put him in prison because John the Baptist was saying, hey, you're not supposed to be marrying your brother's wife. That's not, that's not good. Herod takes him, throws him in prison, and then, of course, He's given the, he's given a celebration of his birthday, and here comes Herodias, and she says, well, I, I, want, I want something for my birth. In fact, her mother said, why don't you ask him for, for John's head on a platter? Because, of course, you know, he said, hey, whatever, whatever you want, I'll give to you. And then, of course, she says, give me John." the Baptist's head on a platter and he regretted it because he was thinking shucks that's it's not that's not what I intended but nonetheless John was beheaded and it says in Matthew chapter 14 verses 13 through 18 now listen to this this is Jesus' cousin now his cousin when Jesus heard that his cousin died he departed from there by boat to a deserted place by himself In other words, Jesus needed to take time to process this. But when the multitudes heard it, they followed him on foot from the cities. And when Jesus went out, he saw a great multitude and he was moved with compassion for them and healed their sick. When it was evening, his disciples came to him saying, this is a deserted place and the hour is already late. Send the multitudes away that they may go into the villages and buy themselves food. But Jesus said to them, they they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. And then they said to him, we have here only five loaves and two fish. And these are the words we want to focus on. This is what Jesus said. Bring them here to me. Bring them here to me. See, the disciples were focusing on what they had. Five loaves of bread and two fish. That's that's what they had. Now listen, if we only focus on what we have and we end there, we're stuck. So the reason why we say our journey journey with God with what you have, because it's a journey with God. It's not just what we have. It's that we're on this journey with God with what we have. So When Jesus said, bring that to me, in other words, he was transitioning and and helping them to transform the way they were thinking from these are the things that sustain us. Our hunger is met by these things, fish and bread. These these are the things that are going to sustain us. But Jesus says, no, you can't just focus on that. Remember, your journey is with me, with what you have. So with what you have, bring that to me. Bring it here to me. And so they did, and what does Jesus do? He feeds the 5,000-plus people with what they had. A journey with God with what we have provides miracles because it's our journey with God. God can do what we cannot do on our own, but we got to bring it to God. We have to trust Him with it. My grandson, Jaden, he's going to be 11 this month, And he, uh, so he comes to me one day, and he's kind of pouting. I'm like, what's wrong? He said, my Nintendo Switch is frozen. And I said, what do you mean? And he says, not working. I tried everything. I said, did you try everything? He said, I tried everything, Papa. I said, did you try everything? He said, yes. I said, you didn't give it to me. He goes, you can't do anything with it. (laughs) I was like, do you know who you're talking to? And he says, Papa, Papa, you can't fix it. Now, I get it. Like, as kids, we think, you know, our, our grandparents are old, so they don't know nothing. So I said, just give it to Papa. He goes, Papa, you can't do anything. I tried everything. There's nothing you can do about it. And I'm like, well, just let me try. He says, you can't do anything. I said, okay, if I fix it, then you can't play for another week. But if you believe I can fix it, and I do, you can have it back. So what is your choice? And so I could see him thinking, like, I want to say you can't do it, but but if you do, then now I'm stuck. So I said, Jaden, you have nothing to lose by just letting me try. He says, fine, Papa, here. And so I did a couple of things, and then all he heard was, Bling, and he goes, how'd you do that? I was like, no worry, brother, no worry, no worry. I get him, Papa, get him, so. I gave it back to him. And then in my thinking, I'm like, oh man, please, Lord, don't humble me next time. Because he's going to bring something more difficult to me and I can't do it. So I I, I just give that to God. But here's what I learned from that. We can try everything on our own. But why not bring it to God? We have nothing to lose. Nothing to lose with God. See, our journey with God is our journey with God. What, what greater journey and life could we live? Just knowing that we have this lifelong journey with God is already amazing. It's a miracle that we as human beings with our sinful nature can have this relationship with the God who created us. We broke relationship with him because of sin. See, when they brought to Jesus what they had, then Jesus could multiply it. We can return to God, and when we return to God, he'll multiply us. In other words, he'll make us as disciples who can make disciples. That's the whole point of God saving us here on this earth is that we would help other people in their relationship with him. That's why he said, go and make disciples of all nations. Otherwise, God would have taken you home to be with him in heaven the moment you were born in him. The moment we said yes to him, he would have said, okay, you're done. But we have a mission. There's another incident in 2 Kings where Elijah does something that only... God can do. And so Elisha, Elisha says, well, a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophet cried out to Elisha, saying, your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord. And the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. So Elisha said to her, what, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? What do you have? What do you have in your house? And she said, your maidservant has nothing in the house But a jar of oil. Then he said, Go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels. Do not gather just a few. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons. Then pour it into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons who brought the vessels to her. And she poured it out. Now it came to pass, when the vessels were full, that she said to her son, Bring me another vessel. And he said to her, There is no other vessel. So the oil ceased. Imagine that God continues to pour as much as we give to him. Let that sink in. God will continue to pour as much as we give to him. If we give to him half of our heart, he'll pour half. Of our heart. But if we give to him all of our heart, everything that we have, he's going to pour with everything we give to him. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, Go, sell the oil and pay your debt, and you and your sons live on the rest. See, we come to God as empty vessels. So let him pour into us till we're filled with his spirit. Let him keep pouring. Just keep bringing to God everything we have, whatever we have, just keep bringing it to Him. He's going to continue to pour into us and fill us with His Spirit. We want to be filled by the Spirit. We're Spirit filled people. So that as God continues to pour in this vessel and we continue to bring it to Him, He'll use us as a vessel, as He pours to overflow. To everybody else So here's the thing Here's the third thing Always return back to God He's the one that pours the oil When you fall, return back to God When you fail, return back to God Run Whatever you gotta do Just run back to God When you're mad at God, return to Him Even when you're mad at Him Return to Him Even if you're upset, even when you doubt Him Just keep returning back to God Just keep doing that yeah, but what if I'm frustrated with him? What if, Then stay close to him as best as possible. I don't even want to talk to him. Then don't talk to him in his presence. You do that with your spouse. We do the very same thing. We call it the silent treatment. That's the worst thing ever. Like I'd rather be arguing than no talking at all. Like you don't even know how to behave in the home. And you walk past each other. It's like you stay on your side, stay on my side. So we, we're like right next to each other. Even if you have to be right next to God, but you don't want to talk to him, that's fine. He has all the time in the world. He'll wait patiently. If you give God the silent treatment, that's fine. Just stay in his presence. Even if you have to walk past God and say, I'm not talking to you. (laughs) I'm not going to talk to you. He can deal with that. He already knows what's happening in our hearts. He knows what's happening. In Jeremiah chapter 29, verses 13 and 14. This is right after the one we love, Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare, not for calamity, to give you a future and a hope. We like that one. Why? Because it gives us a future and a hope. Oh, we love that scripture. But then it comes to this one. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord and will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I have banished you. Wait a minute. You have banished me? Yep, declares the Lord. And I and will bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. Like, wait a minute, God. If you're the one that banished me, why would I come back to you? Why would I even return to you? If you're the one that banished me, why would I return back to you? What if you banished me again? What will happen then? I can tell you this. Anytime there's a, there's a, a turning away from God or a falling away or in darkness, wilderness, whatever it looks like, rocky times, whatever this time will look like, when we return back to God, this is a guarantee We will always bring back a life lesson from where we came from. Always. There's always a life lesson that God will use in this time period. God will never waste a dark time. There's always something that we can learn. But it's only if we return back to God. Yeah, but I'm bitter about this situation. Good. Return back to God. Always return back to Him. Well, I don't want to return back to Him. That's okay. You're, you're, You're where you are right now. That's fine. Just just be in his presence. You don't have to talk to him. Just be in his presence. But God's going to touch your heart. He's going to show you something that we needed to learn in order for us to grow. You and I very rarely grow on the mountaintops. If you look at the most difficult times of your life, when I look at the most difficult times of my life, those were the times I grew closest to Jesus. Was I mad? Probably. Was I upset at him? Did I doubt? Probably. But when I look back at those seasons, I don't sense that anymore. Why? Because God extracted from the worthless what is precious. That's only when we return back to God. See, sometimes we focus on where God banished us. We focus on that, but what we tend to forget is that God is saying, I will bring you back from the place which I carried you into exile, which I carried you into exile. God doesn't throw us into exile. He carries us because there's something of a life lesson that he's going to teach us to sustain us for the next promise that he has for us. That is necessary for what is about to come. That's the hope that we get to look forward to. He carries us. And if God has been carrying us all along, if he's the one carrying us, then when we return back to him, he brings us back to the place which he carried us into exile. And when he carries us into exile and then brings us back, he brings us back. He brings us back from the he brings us back to the place from which he carried us into exile when he brings us back we are no longer the same because exile will always change us whether or not for the better that's going to be our choice and when we choose to mature that is true maturity. Maturity is not where we come to a place where we think we know it all, memorize the Bible, attend church, check off our attendance. Maturity is when we choose to change. That's maturity. It's a choice that we make. See, where God banished us to is His choice. We trust His sovereignty. But who we change into when He returns us back to the place that He banished us from, who we change into is our choice. May we return back to God because when we do, we're going to see that throughout all the journeys of life, god is with us even when we felt we weren't with him i want to close in prayer and leave you with these questions to reflect upon the first is what can you do today to journey with god with where you're at what does that look like for you the second thing is what hinders you from returning to god when you stray or even feel lost and just because you feel lost doesn't mean you necessarily are lost We're going to go through those emotions, and that's fine. God can handle our emotions. And then the third thing, what has God spoken to you that has encouraged you in where you're heading with Him? Because He is with us. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for the opportunity that we have today to return back to you, to start with what we have, to remember that this journey in life is with you, that we're not by ourselves. We can give to all that we have. Today, Lord, let it be a brand new day that we get to look forward to in this journey with you. That we never forget that your presence is everywhere. We just need to be mindful of it. I pray for any of you, if you've never said yes to Jesus, it's a simple prayer. All you need to say is, Lord God, forgive me of my sins. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross. Forgive me of all of my sins and make me brand new. I trust you with my entire life because you are the map of my entire life. In Jesus' name we pray. And we all said together, amen for those of you who said yes to jesus first of all congratulations welcome to the family you're gonna see a link that pops up click that because it'll help you in your journey with jesus christ and then let someone know that you received jesus and then continue your ongoing walk with god continue your journey with god because when you do you're gonna see him do great things in your life this week, don't forget, we have Vision Week this entire week. Wednesday will be our Vision Night. Continue to pray and, and seek God and watch what He does. Thank you again for joining us, and at the same time, as we head into this week, ask God for vision for your life. And if you're a part of this church, we are all in this together. We cannot do this alone. We're the church, guys. Thank you for hanging in there. Thank you for staying close to Jesus. Thank you for putting your faith in Him. And thank you for always, always bringing it back to the heart of Jesus. He's the head of the church, and I'm so glad that he is. As we conclude today, let his promises ring true in our hearts. God bless you. Have a wonderful day, and we'll see you soon.